0: The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. With Colour Trend Paint. On News Talk.
1: Good morning and you're very welcome along to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up this week, Russell Alford, Style Supremo and one half of the gastro gaze on how to serve up the perfect garden party fair. And we're continuing the theme with garden party decor with Neve Marr, come rain or sun. We continue our series on great Irish houses and gardens. This week we're in my neck of the woods in Dundrum at Airfield Estate and August is Craft Month across Ireland. I'll be joined by a French upholsterer who has brought her expertise to Cork. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You can get in touch with me on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100, or you can text us on 53106 for 30 cent. And remember, you can listen back to the show and indeed all of our shows, uh, which are on podcast up on the Newstalk website or on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Well, folks, it is indeed the August bank holiday weekend. I'd love to start by telling you that it comes at the end of a glorious summer filled with sunshine and joy. But, uh, well, (laughs) it wouldn't quite be true, would it? Unless you actually spent it outside the country. And I suppose our weather has been in such massive contrast to the horrific heat waves and wildfires and other catastrophes we've seen in places like Greece and Spain. We should be grateful we got the miserable rainy end of climate change and it's hard to do that when you're stuck at home with some kids and literally can't even get to the park or a playground. But I expect there are parents in those countries who can't do that either for the opposite reason, because 40 degree heat would be unbearable and dangerous. So we need to make the best of what we have. And whether you believe it's now technically autumn or the final month of summer, I'm going with the latter, on The Home Show, we're here to do just that. So I'm really looking forward to our ongoing summer series on great houses and some treats in a minute for our luscious gardens where plants are at least grateful for the rain. So if you're out for a bracing walk or you're having a lie in, we're delighted to share it with you. Text us 53106 or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. Now, as I uh, mentioned, we've had one of the wettest Julys on record, but things may be about to change. There's talk of Oh, a mini heatwave maybe heading for us next week. Uh, so, with our positive, optimistic hats on, and because it's a bank holiday, we are going to talk this morning about garden parties with one half of the gastropays and Sunday Times food critic Russell Alford. You're very welcome to the home show, Russell. Tell us where the idea for garden parties started.
2: In especially in the kind of the big ones, the iconic ones. You've got places like you know palaces and presidential homes and castles and everything like that. And when thinking about this, the three that really come to mind are. Are, of course, our San Uteran, the White House, and Buckingham Palace itself over in London. And um, the whole idea, the White House one in particular, began in the 19th century as a means for uh, the president to open up the uh, House of President um, to essentially bring the people in to uh, the gardens to be able to see things and that is kind of the same theme that happened with Buckingham Palace as well. What I find really fascinating about them is it's about showing off the fanciness while also demonstrating the beauty of the garden space mm. uh, and also opening it up to break down the barriers I guess in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I mean when you take the White House mm. which was built as the House of the People exactly. uh, effectively of course by, yeah. by an Irish architect and yes. um, the South Lawn, uh, which I've been—I oh, was actually lucky enough mm. to be on earlier this year. Oh, it's an extraordinary. Mm. It just got got in on a day that it was open, and mm. it is a beautiful space. Mm. Uh, but it was—it was the early presidencies <laughs> that this kind of kicked off, and mm. there was this sense that it democratized exactly uh, the fancy. So it wasn't just for very wealthy, famous people or mm. donors. Mm. It was for so, it's something the ordinary people. ordinary
2: people, and like. In the present day, there is a lot of that kind of, there's two forms of it. You can have the very celebrity-based garden parties that are, you know, every celebrity in the States coming along to. And then during the summertime, people can visit on their own, maybe without the canapes and the champagne flowing like that. But it's still as open up. And I think it's really important. Talking of President's Houses, of course, Arsene I've been there uh, once or twice, once or twice as a guest to attend these lovely parties and they're fantastic (laughs) Uh, just with true different youth initiatives and everything like that and they're fantastic. So tell us yeah. now
1: what um, um, what President Higgins serves. Mm. I know he's not probably up buttering the bread and making the sandwiches mm. overnight but what, like, is it all very dainty and perfect? Yes. Uh, is it? Yes, and I love a, that. There's a thing about that mm. isn't it? It's important. Mm. It has, that idea of a garden party mm. has kind of crustless cucumber sandwiches and,
2: uh, and china tea. And that sums it up, you know, the beautiful teacups. You'd see them on Instagram if you ever see anyone going to these parties and stuff. Um, and you get to walk around the house, you get to uh go around the gardens, really opening it up to people. And then yeah, nice little snacks like that, some sandwiches, some scones, some tea and a bit of entertainment as well. You know, so it's really, really special. The great thing is now again, it's not the garden party experience. You can visit Arseneau, Toronto every Saturday as well. Mm. And I think a lot of people forget that. And it's a wonderful couple of hours out to be able to see the space and enjoy it. And Yeah, if you're involved in different community groups and everything like that over the course of the presidency you might get an invite.
1: What's the etiquette when you go to a garden party say in the Auris Mm. uh, you know, or somewhere like that? I mean, because I'm thinking uh, particularly for the ladies who Mm. might have the old high heels sinking Mm. into the mud or the floaty dresses (laughs) or (laughs) trying to perch a sandwich in one hand and a Mm. cup in the other. How does that
2: work out? Thankfully, now the ones that I've been at I, one, haven't been in heels and uh, two, um, (laughs) thankfully were more of a sit-down affair anyway. Thankfully, so you don't have to worry too okay. much about balancing and everything like that. And it's very, and the artist has
1: it has an old marquee, it yes. puts up, yes, yes okay. exactly. Oh, exactly. exactly. Just in case, because yeah. I know that, that uh, the president likes to meet and greet everybody, and he's, exactly. he's very personable like that. Absolutely. Okay, now Buckingham Palace is a different thing altogether because you know that's super posh they have up to like 8000 mm. people to yeah. any one garden party mm. it's an extraordinary i know it's a lot
2: and like i don't have you ever done the tour of buckingham palace no, yourself or anything I it's so worth doing okay. you've you've got the white house on me i've okay. got buckingham palace on you now. i will it's a really great experience and again it's that thing of this iconic building that's open up to the public it's fantastic mm. to see and you get to go out into the gardens and they are vast they are absolutely humongous and it's really wonderful to be able to see it. Again, you don't get the party. Very special people get the invites, but you see the pictures of it. They're a wonderful experience. And now there, the chefs of Buckingham Palace are doing incredible jobs, making thousands and thousands of scones and clotted cream and jam and is everything. There, is
1: there a kind of etiquette, Russell, about like how many you should have? Because I'm thinking there might be people who just like open their handbags and hoover in all the cookies and that. Oh, yeah. You, you have to be... Is there like a portion size?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It does, see, it does see like everything is on the danger side. So I think you can get away with having two or three more and you don't have to feel like you're overeating either. So okay, it's, you know, God. it's balance. all about balance. Okay,
1: now, of course, we want to repl- replicate that in our own gardens. Yes. Uh, possibly on a slightly smaller scale, yeah. now it has to be said. If you
2: don't have a palace of your own, <laughs> yeah, this is what you can exactly. do.
1: Exactly, okay. So when we are having, a, you know, an outdoor kind of a thing like that. Actually, it's a lovely thing to do. Mm. I've I've, I've kind of held a a little garden party for my niece a couple of years ago, which is only a small little thing. Um, But there's something about a tiered cake stand and proper china uh, that actually just looks really, really pretty and elegant. So give us some tips about what we need to serve.
2: Well, that's the thing. It's, It's all about the serving and it's all about how it looks and how it feels. You know, and one of the biggest things I always kind of, my starting block... Even though I'm into my food, it's about the aesthetic as much as possible, you okay, know. So right, I, I try to Get the garden right. Get the garden right. So think about the space that you're in. Think about um, your table. Do you, don't just use the garden furniture, wipe it down, you know. Get a nice tablecloth on it. Uh, there's plenty of really summery looking ones that you can get the design table, have beautiful ones. Uh, you can get them in TK Maxx and the likes that are really suitable for outside as well. Um, you can... Cushions throws, I swear by throws, even if it's mm. a lovely sunny day, mm. if you have a throw outside and a little blanket, you get probably an extra 30, 40 minutes when sun goes down. Yeah. It's perfect like that. With the the kind of the china and the glassware, be careful because it is outside. <laughs> a gust of wind, everything like that. If you're on grass or on patio, you don't necessarily want and to be. And weigh down.
1: This is a, t- a tip for me, for mm, nothing, mm, because I've learned the hard way. If you have a beautiful vase of wildflowers mm. sitting on the in the middle of your table, weigh it down with some stones. In
3: the yes,
2: vase. yes. Speaking from experience, yeah, it's no, it's okay. it, it's so things like that.
1: Little sandwiches, uh, cut the crusts off, or.
2: No. I think I think it's unnecessary. Is it? Unless, I think okay. yeah. I think I think triangles it, or squares. Uh, I a no, huge debate on um, the gastro Gaze Instagram recently about this um, whether people should cut them in one way or the other. Triangles wins in my yeah. opinion. Face I think up. face so up and them. and they're very fancy looking. I think in going in that way, keep the fillings simple. But use the best ingredients you can get, you know, so like, you know, you can buy your deli fillers and everything like that with your tuna and sweet corn and your egg mayo and everything like that. Or you can make them yourself, adding in some really nice ingredients. I'd say like if you're doing an egg mayo, get some nice free range eggs with beautiful yellowy uh, yolks inside and then use something like the uh, bouillon bloster smoked onion mayo. Add Lovely. some extra flavour into things and make a beautiful egg mayo with that. Some little micro herbs to make it extra fancy. Stuff like that.
1: And cupcakes. You can't go wrong with cupcakes.
2: No. cupcakes, fantastic to use. You can do the little butterfly ones where you cut the top mm-hmm. off, make them and add, add a bit of frosting in there. Scones, of course, are very, very traditional. Yep. I say scones, people say scones. Oh, don't fight me. <laughs> That's it's... a whole
1: other debate. <laughs> yes. uh, but they are very, very simple to make. You yep. make them in 20 minutes. Yep. and uh, they're. Uh, but would you use the smallest cutter?
2: Yes. for the, okay. for, for something... I find for the kind of for for outside things like I would love I love barbecuing. It's one of the things I really really love to do on a nice summer's day uh, which doesn't seem to exist too often these days. Um, I love to barbecue but I love to do danger things rather than the big cuts. So I like to do quick barbecues with lots of marinades lots of flavours and 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 just use the gas or use the coals to get extra flavour and smoke in there. Some people love to put briskets and ribs and leave them on for hours and hours. I'm a, I'm I'm a little bit more dainty in that okay, kind of manner. Okay, so the little so,
1: mini burgers or chicken goujons yes. or stuff like that. Okay. Exactly. Or prawns exactly. on skewers is always a
2: Absolutely. Good you know, things like that make, make your life easier. The likes of your fishmongers, your craft butchers, they all have all of these things ready mm. to go mm. and it just takes a lot of the stress out of it. Because again, I think all forms of entertaining, whether it's inside, outside, Christmas, summer, They can be stressful, keep it simple and find ways to make it easy for yourself. Now, you
1: have made it easy but even that sounds all too much for you. Uh, Of course, you can get the the garden party experience indoors Mm. with one of the fabulous afternoon teas Mm. that are available in posh hotels Mm. around the country. Now, I love an afternoon tea. And, yeah, I think the name is a bit of a misnomer. You're not going to be able to eat dinner after this. Not a
2: hope. Not I mean, a hope.
1: These are substantial mm. meals. And very often they are phenomenal value because mm. you're getting unlimited tea and coffee, all the food you can eat. Mm. And sometimes they're like... 25 30 quid exactly. uh, far more th- and far sometimes they you a little box dinner. to bring
2: home <laughs> yeah, as well which exactly. you don't tell anyone about <laughs> give us some of your favorites so a couple of my favorites now the, the, the sad reality is in Ireland you can't really necessarily always have an outside afternoon tea because the weather's so unreliable in that mm. way but a lot of places have embraced the Flowers, the trees, the outdoorsiness mm. as much as possible to bring it forward. So, uh, Mount Congreve in Waterford, uh, beautiful gardens have been restored, open to the public. I've been lucky to be there for a couple of times over the last couple of months, and they have the most beautiful. It's the tack room in the in the house, the most beautiful uh, space to have an afternoon tea beautiful windows overlooking the gardens looking out onto the river shore down onto the greenway and everything it's fantastic and they you know pretty good value you're talking 35 per person it's almost 2 hours that you be there that's
1: fantastic yeah. value really i think it? so
2: too and and, and it's a, just a great space and if you want to go for I'd actually probably walk beforehand rather than after because you'd be pretty stuffed <laughs> um, but the walks around those gardens are breathtaking Okay right really, that's really
1: Mount going. Congreve
2: in Warshford mm-hmm. Next up we are uh, at Paris Court Hotel overlooking the Sugarloaf Mountains you have the Sugarloaf Lounge um, which is a beautiful beautiful space to be able to just enjoy an afternoon tea I think a nice little glass of bubbles especially if you're staying there make the most of it and be able to just enjoy as much as possible about that natural beauty of the Wicklow Mountains um,
1: and uh, the cost of that then?
2: Uh, that one there is 55 per person. You can get uh, champagne with a bit of Moë- Moët and Chandon. 75 per person, you know, Especially, it's a great little treat. It's These such are a, things. It's
1: such a beautiful place. And actually, mm. uh, folks, next week, we are lucky enough to have Alex Slazinger. Now, he is one of the Paris Court family and he is going to be on the show giving us a tour in our Summer Great Houses series. So, um maybe he'll have some leftover sangers, and he'll bring them in to us. Right, okay, now, down to Cork. Uh,
2: down to Cork, the Montana Hotel um is, you know, Gorgeous overlooking the city, really, really great space. They have the glass house and um, a rooftop bar, which is a really spectacular looking space. It's been modernized, it has been uh, renovated, and they do uh, a really, really nice afternoon tea. Again, you can get the champagne if you want, and it's uh, 38 per person, and um, with the upgrade available to a champagne one for uh, 46 so. And of
1: course, why wouldn't? I mean, there's no point in going there and just having a load of teas. I know,
2: I know, I <laughs> know. And, and like, you know, I, 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 I'm fond of bringing my mum for a nice afternoon tea every so often. It's a nice way to catch up and just have a little glass of something and then just enjoy the teas and have a, some people have coffee. Enjoy Fantastic. it as you go along. All right. And back to Dublin then? Back to Dublin. This is an alternative one for the people who aren't too into their cakes and biscuits and their scones and sandwiches. This is essentially um, what I call afternoon C instead. <laughs> okay. um, if you're ever into the Lord Mayor's Lounge uh, there um, the, is the Shelburne Hotel. The Shelburne. They, they do a fantastic afternoon tea. But if you pop across into the uh, number 27 bar they do a shellfish and seafood Uh, Tower in a very afternoon tea style. So you've got some crab claws, you've got some oysters, you've got some Dublin Bay prawns and and some beautiful Guinness and brown bread type of thing. You know, it's really, really nice. And again, have a little champagne. So if you have someone who's not too into the sweet stuff but likes to see stuff instead... I adore uh, recommending the uh, Shelburne there. It's a little After- different. Afternoon tea. Nice. Right. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
1: Fantastic. OK, well, Russell Alford, uh, one half the gastrogaze and uh, Sunday Times food critic, thank you so much for joining us with all of that information on afternoon teas and if you've got any inspo from that, let us know what uh, you have done uh, to prep your own afternoon tea or maybe you've been to a fancy one in a special place. Do let us know the 53106. Uh, Russell, thanks a million. Thank you, Sinead. As part of our summer series on great houses and gardens, I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by the CEO of Airfield Estate in Dundrum in, in Dublin, uh, Claire McAvillie. Claire, you're very welcome
3: along to the home show. Thanks very much for having me.
1: Now, I grew up in Dundrum, so Airfield has always been a lovely place to visit when my kids were small. And uh, older residents will remember the Overend sisters uh, who originally owned it. Uh, they were some characters.
3: Two amazing ladies who I really think don't get enough credit for all the work that they have done and how they, they were very much ahead of their time. I mean, I even Google them today and they're known as Irish philanthropists way before even yeah. anyone even came up with the term. Naomi and Letitia, tell us a little bit about them. Well, we'd have to start with our parents, Trevor and Lily, because it was really Lily who was the force behind buying, buying Airfield Estate. They had lived in the centre of the city in Eli Place. And at a time, I suppose, in Dublin where, you know, the climate wasn't very conducive for, for bringing up small children. So Lily convinced Trevor to buy Airfield really as a summer retreat for the family. Because Dundrum would have been the country. Absolute countryside. <laughs> so they bought eight acres. They moved out there. They um, with At that time, their two children, Letitia and Constance. Now, sadly, Constance died um, not long after the move. And I think that really influenced Lily and her, all of the things that she became involved in. So 19 years later, the second sister, Naomi, was born. So 20 years between two sisters, big age gap. (laughs) And really, uh, because of their mother, um, from the very beginning, they were so involved in the community, doing so many different things. And um, really, as a family, it was kind of their ethos. And when you come to Airfield, certainly the house, it's not like full of glitz and glamour and beautiful Waterford chandeliers. It's not ostentatious at all that really wasn't what they were about
1: and there is a very thoughtful exhibition in there because this was just a country home and uh, very much styled on that basis Uh, now my mother remembers a yellow Rolls Royce driving down through the middle of the street in Dundrum Village they oh, they were it, the house might not be ostentatious but they love their cars
3: they loved their cars and they love their travel that that was the two passions for for the ladies i suppose an important thing to mention that the two sisters never married and really i think probably for uh, the people of Ireland that's probably a good thing because whether the estate would have been you know chopped up and and sold but they made a very uh, strategic decision in 1974 to leave the estate to the people of Ireland the car's we still have the 1926 vintage Roll, Rolls Royce. <laughs> I like to refer to it as my company car. It's taxed, <laughs> it's insured. We, you know, take it out on the road. But definitely, but the important thing about the Rolls Royce was at that time you had to have a, a mechanic or a driver. That was part of the deal with, with Rolls Royce. If you think of you know Downton Abbey style. Quite right. <laughs> <laughs> we should all have one. So they, but the two ladies, not a bother in them. They decided absolutely not. So they headed over to the UK, where they trained to to as mechanics to look after the roles. So Marcus. that's why it's in such pristine condition today and is still in in good working order. Now you mentioned they were philanthropists, and they were,
1: uh, but they were also um, very much, uh, you know, socially based and community based. They took in soldiers during the wars. Uh, and they set up what is now known, I suppose, as the Laura Lynn uh, uh, Hospice Foundation. Uh, wh- how did that get started? It was the
3: Sunshine Home, was it? Originally, that's yeah. what people would would remember it, it as. But I, I suppose... It's it's um, how do we know so much about them? They kept every single receipt, every concert that they went to. So 25,000 documents are held in Castletown House, so the Airfield Archive. And it's from that, that those documents that we find out so much about them. And really, I suppose if you trace it back, I often think to, to Lily losing a child, I think that really kind of set her up on a, on a very particular path for her and, her and her daughters to be so socially conscious and so invested in the community. So when the trust took over now and it is operated by a trust
1: what was the plan for that uh, and and how was it uh, arranged because they didn't want this house obviously sold off. I'm pretty certain now i could lay my hat on the fact that if that had been sold in in 1974 there'd be blocks of apartments in it right now
3: absolutely so how what what happened back in 1974 they they left it to the people of ireland with a very clear charter that it would be uh, left for education and recreation purposes only so and it is that charter that we live and breathe today and really what we have been focused on so i joined as ceo january of last year is you know what does that charter look like now in in, in this era and how do we bring it to life? How do we stay true to their values and really their mission? I often think my office is in what would have been their schoolroom. They're clearly sitting over my shoulder now watching every decision I make. But it, it really, it, it's what we, we revert to every time when we're trying to make a decision. OK, so what kind of things can visitors
1: expect if when they come to this farm in the middle of Dundrum Airfield House?
3: So really the sisters, um, the other important thing to say about them is that Trevor made the decision to... Uh, when he, in the event of his death, that everything would be would pass to his wife. and that was absolutely unheard of in those days. And then what also happened is that Trevor's brother, who had set up the Indian Stock exchange, he also, he left everything to the sisters as well. So they were very fortunate, the equivalent of five million in, in today's money. Mm. And and so now, really what we see today is, so first of all, the sisters, the original estate was eight acres, they bought 38. But we are an, a working farm, we, uh, we're we farming every day, we are really focused on educating around food sustainability. Our ambition is to be Dublin's sustainable food hub, but Dublin to be a world-leading sustainable food city. So we well Welcome about 250,000 visitors. And when you ask people, why do they come to Airfield? Yes, it is an oasis, but it's the farm. It's people love. We we milk the cows every day. We collect the eggs and everything that is grown um, in, in the gardens and produced on the farm ends up in our beautiful restaurant. And uh, kids, of course, it's a great day out for them because
1: effectively it's like a little petting farm and they can see things in action. Maybe city kids who mightn't have the opportunity uh, that our rural neighbours have where where this stuff
3: wouldn't be maybe accessible to them normally. Yeah, I I suppose one of the things that we're really clear of is that we're not a petting farm, we are a working farm. And that's really important to us, especially now as we try and break down that urban-rural divide, as you mentioned. For many kids, they'll never get to see where, you know... uh, to to get up close with with animals recently we had a a group of kids and they were standing at the chickens and our education guide was was having the chat and they were like this is a chicken and this kid was like can you cook it? (laughs) And that's what we're dealing with. Such wow, is the idea yeah. that, you know, what that dichotomy see, between what you see in the supermarket
1: wrapped in plastic once started out as they, yeah, this that, is where it all starts. That's, that's the kind of the the thing farm. that turns kids vegan.
3: <laughs> this is it. And so I suppose we're really about inspiring people to, to uh, make better food choices. So there's plenty to do on, on the estate in terms of the different um, programme of activities that we have. We also, um, this year, opened an amazing exhibition about soil. So it's three interconnecting geodomes, tonnes going on, tonnes for the kids to learn. We feel when we're talking about food sustainability, it all starts with soil. And we got some lovely funding from Science Foundation Ireland. So this August, we'll be opening a second kind of outdoor play, get close, up and close with the soil, the worms and really learn more about how important soil is. Mm. Okay, so lots, lots to see and do. Uh, What are the future plans for airfield now?
1: You're... T- keeping a ticking over course is a major job, uh, but you would you have uh,
3: plans with regard to other types of exhibitions and works? Yeah, so when I joined, um, I have a, a very clear brief from the board which is to take airfield outside the four walls of Dundrum. Yes, we are this amazing visitor attraction, welcoming school tours and families every day, but really we have this lovely position to be a leading voice in food sustainability. We're totally independent and there's a, a perfect role for us to be talking about. Some of the really complicated topics um, within food and, and agriculture. We're also really focused around supporting the young voice. So we set up our first airfield youth board, 12 amazing people from young people aged 15 to 18. How does that work then? These kids are, are kind of directing policy? Well, that's the <laughs> dream. Um, so th- they, they have two roles. The first is to help advise me and the leadership team in terms of ideas for the estate. So... 15-year-olds have some great ideas about what we should be doing. Very different to what I think we should be doing. But their second focus, and we've been working with Bite Back. Bite Back is Jamie Oliver's campaigning charity in the UK. You know, the school meals, Marcus Rashford, that campaign. So we would like our uh, young people to campaign for something in food. I can't say what it is. It shouldn't come from me. It needs to come from them. What would they like to see? What would they like to happen? What they would like to change. They're a
1: vocal lobby group. One might
3: say, (laughs) no fear, the planet will be saved. They're just an amazing group of people, very passionate. Right. Now, where can people find
1: out a little bit more about Airfield if they want to visit uh, during the uh, last month of what we are laughingly calling summer, Claire?
3: Well, I, I hope the weather won't put you <laughs> off coming to Airfield because certainly the soil exhibition is indoors. So, you know, there is plenty to see. So it's airfield.ie for uh, the school. When During the school holidays, we are open um, Monday to oh, seven days a week when people go back to school in September we will open from Wednesday to Sunday and that's because we are working for farms so the team do need a couple of days of the week to do the big jobs and take out the, the big equipment so the, the, as I said the new um, SFI funded project will kick off in, in August so plenty to, to for people to new things which is super important if you're a visitor attraction to, to come and see To have people coming back and of course I know there are annual passes and they make great gifts for families and all that kind of
1: thing uh, Claire McVillique CEO of Airfield, right bang in the middle of Dundrum. Thanks a million for joining us on The Home Show. Now, this year's August Craft Month brings together an array of talented craft makers across Ireland, hosting over 400 events. And I'm joined today by Laure Muniami, who's a skilled upholstery specialist from France, but now based in Clonakilty in Cork. Uh, Laura, you're very welcome along to the Home Show. Talk to me a little bit about the art form of, of reupholstering furniture.
0: So, upholstery, I've learned upholstery for five years back in France. I did an apprenticeship uh, and there is two sorts of upholstery. There is the traditional uh, kind of way and the modern way, Lots of different steps to to apply on furniture.
1: And when you're when you're using a traditional upholstery method, and I've had a look on your website if at some of the the kind of um, what would I say Regency kind of Edwardian looking pieces that you have mm-hmm. uh, that have these sumptuous fabrics that we associate with that period. How difficult is it to source uh, such fabrics and the materials you need?
0: Fabric could be from anywhere, it could be from here. I provide some fabric from France, uh, but I like to work with the style of furniture. So, and also with clients, so whatever they like, I like to, to work.
1: Tell me what brought you from France all the way to Clonakilty
0: to learn English so
1: <laughs> well, you've done I that remember. very well
0: <laughs> Yeah I was supposed to be here only for four months and it's ten years now that I'm here
1: So what does it mean to be part of this uh, craft month this craft fair that's going on around the country
0: Well I think the August craft month is really great platform for skilled artisans you know to be acknowledged and being seen and promoted all around Ireland great you know you can find cabinet makers ceramics and there is open doors workshop family events and i suppose it's it's a
1: networking event for people like you is it definitely and uh, you also hold workshops and master classes yourself for regular people now listen i (laughs) i wonder (laughs) how much skill you'd need to have to go down and attend one of those you'd certainly need an interest in it tell us a little bit about those workshops
0: because I started as an apprentice and I had absolutely no idea what was upholstery, I really wanted to do workshops for available to everyone so anyone could join. Either you're crafty or not, uh, it's going to be easy to, to accomplish and everybody's by your side as well.
1: Well, listen, where can people find out more about all of that and what you do?
0: So they can visit the website of augustcraftmonth.org. There is so many events in there. And also there is the LM Upholstery workshops on the website.
1: L.A.M. Upholstery, that's your own website and people can yeah. have a look at all of that. All right. Well, Laura Muniami, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us no on problem. The Home My Show. Pleasure. And the very best of luck with August Craft thank Month. You. And you're very welcome back to the Home Show podcast. I'm Sinead Ryan, you'll recall at the top of the episode this week I was chatting with Russell Alford, one half of the Gastro Gaze uh, and Sunday Times Food Critic and he was giving us a history of the garden party, how the posh people do it uh, and also some treats that we can serve at it. Well, we, it's DIY time now so we're going to do it ourselves uh, and uh, joining me in studio is Neve Marr of Journal.ie, who is our shopping supremo <laughs> with us here. Neve. Blistering heatwave, glorious sunshine, guests at the front door in their summer finery. Uh, We're going to surprise them and ourselves possibly (laughs) with the perfect
4: garden party. Let's start with flowers. As soon as the sun comes out, we're all running to get into the garden. And I think that it's a space that you can really bring your own personality to with with really tiny marks of your personality and also you can keep it as inexpensive as you like. Flowers, I mean, it's what's in a garden so it's a great place to start. Baby's breath are my absolute secret mm. weapon when it comes to decorating any space. I use baby's breath inside, I bring them outside as well. They are as cheap as chips, you can get them for 3 dollars 99 in Dunn stores. Yeah. I get them for €4 in my local florist and I break all of them up into, now I'm going to say what the real name is. It's I... I think it's, just the, lay, it's yep. the
1: tiny little white little things that come in a bouquet to fill it out.
4: Exactly, you can get different colours. But, like on, its purple. but on its own. But on its own. It's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And think about different ways in which you can put them into bouquets. So I always put them into... Teeny tiny uh, bottles that I have that I'm just about to recycle anyway. So I just think it kind of adds a little bit of vintage element to it. Put them in teacups. They're delightful. People tend to gravitate towards them, and I always get complimented when I have baby's breath mm. around. Now, that's a really cheap and cheerful way to do it. But if you wanted to just splurge a little bit on flowers, flowerpop.ie is a florist and floral studio based in Dublin 8. So they're actually on holidays at the moment, but I know that they're coming back. This is how much I follow them and admire them so much. They're coming back mid August. So they're kind of renowned for their bold blooms. So if you were to invest a little bit more money into getting a couple of bold bloom bouquets, they started around 55 euro and they would be a wow moment for your guests when they come into the garden. Just put them out on the table, two bouquets of bold blooms from floralpop.ie and your laugh. And remember to keep them in, in style with I suppose the overall theme that you have, if you want bold blooms, you know, think about them as an extension of the design elements that you already have, whether that's a table, whether it's some cushions, and you can really pull together mm. and just make your garden look different with flowers. And I suppose
1: with all the rain we have had, it means that the wildflowers are flying. Oh my they're, God. They're all over the place. Overrun. And like really, there's there can be nothing nicer than getting a jam jar yeah. or a little kind of vase and, and picking some wildflowers and popping them in and you don't need many because the colour is really what you're after.
4: Exactly, absolutely. I planted wildflowers last season in my garden and I have to say they have completely taken over my garden, but it's beautiful and mm. it's lovely and that's the that's the aesthetic that I wanted to get. So it's so simple and inexpensive and cheap to do that as well. You can get a packet of wildflower garden seeds from your local garden centre for a couple of euro yeah. as well. So yeah. a really you'll nice have them way next year. and you okay, perfect.
1: Next year. So flowers dead simple when it comes to and of course your garden is yeah. your floral arrangement isn't it really if you don't even want to do that so the table itself uh, now I got um, a new uh, garden table from Ikea actually um, last just, just at the beginning of the summer we we used it uh, vigorously you know in that mini tiny mini heat wave we had yeah. all those months ago uh, and not since but uh, what I love is putting a runner down it not yeah. a big tablecloth because I love the wood I, I love the yeah. look of it and mm. the, the sense of being outdoors and uh, a runner and table mats. So, and that kind of runner element is is popular, isn't it?
4: Exactly. And again, it's just bringing in a slightly different element to what you normally have. And I think that if you're having a garden party, usually the people who are coming over are your friends and your family. You know, it's not strangers that you've never met. So they will notice and appreciate a runner like never before. I love a runner. I love a burlap runner. Oh, stop. Try and keep me away from burlap. It's a crime. I love it. I have so much burlap in my house. My husband is sick of it. Um, but runners are a great way to brilliant bring in a tablescape. Now tablescaping is very much a fashionable thing to do. It's very on point. Everybody's looking for that Instagrammable moment. The issue is, is that again, it can be a little bit daunting, but there are ways that you can do it in a very simple way. And if you want inspiration, the designed table, uh, you can go and find them on Instagram. Actually, it was created and curated by Tara O'Connor. And it's Tablescape in a box is just such an incredible idea. I love it. You can basically go and say, you know, I'm having a garden party for eight people. Um, it's a summer theme. And essentially, this company will create a tablescape in a box for you, send it all out for you. This is a pricier way to do it, but it takes out <laughs> any of the thought process. It's perfect, though, it's and you can keep it. Exactly. Okay. And you don't have to worry about and the it. And t- the tablescaping
1: thing, as I understand it, is really about layers, isn't yes. it? The stacking of... The of
4: stacking. Of mash. Think tablecloth, placemat, napkin, napkin ring. That's a tablescape, you know? So it's like, think about those elements, bring them together. You can invest and spend money on something like the design table for a very curated look for around 130 euro. But if you want to do it yourself, which is very simple to do as well, um, I found some really beautiful cutlery on party delights.ie. so they have pastel reusable cutlery and wooden cutlery because realistically you're not using the same cutlery that mm. you use in your kitchen mm. they actually have a sale at the moment 20% off and you can get an 18 pack wooden set for 4 euro and 15 cent I mean come wow. on
1: like I mean that's, that's nothing. At I'm gonna all. use
4: that anyway you can get baby pink reusable cutlery as well a 24 pack for 2.99 and a lovely mint green as well I mean it's just garden party mint green gorgeous Gorgeous. gorgeous.
1: Now, one of the things I love to do, and and this is irrespective of the weather, because listen, you're not eating out unless it's pleasant enough to do so. Mm -hmm. But to elongate your day or your evening or if it gets a bit chilly, there's nothing nicer than having a little blanket or throw on the back of your chair. Uh, And you'll find people kind of, you know, using it or putting it over their knees or putting it around their shoulders. Uh, And that it looks lovely,
4: doesn't it? Absolutely. I always find layering up uh, throws and blankets, is definitely the way forward when we live in the climate. And they that don't is have Ireland.
1: to be the same shape or colour or anything they can just be from all over your house the end of the beds or, Exactly you know,
4: I literally do that I bring be- I bring blankets out that I have upstairs in my beds and I also bring out a lot of picnic blankets I was gifted a lot of pink, uh, picnic blankets when I was pregnant because people were like you'll just go on a million picnics you'll never think about it before so picnic blankets out in your garden is a really great way as well people wrap them over you and again you can invest in expensive ones like a Donegal Tweed which is beautiful mm. but you can also get them literally anywhere home store yeah. and more have lovely ones for under a tenner as mm. well. So blankets, blankets, blankets are the way to go. Perfect. Okay. Now, lighting also
1: very important. Um, I know on your list you have the the solar bulbs yeah. from Dunn's and actually I bought them uh, only a couple of weeks ago Stop. and have them strung up now, I'm not sure they're in the right place, so I have to have another look at that. But there's, they they solared up. They powered up in
4: about an hour nice. between the showers. Must have been a sunny day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they don't need much energy. They don't energy. need much. No, no, no. Um, did you get the coloured ones or no, the, the, the light, white. warm white no, oh, ones? Do you know yeah.
1: what it is, Niamh? I'm I'm a bit like this on Christmas trees colours out
4: yeah well I understand that go with the white the good thing about this set that you're talking about they're the vintage solar bulbs from Dunn's they're 12 euro so reasonable they come in a colour pack or in a warm white which is beautiful so it gives you the option and for 12 euro honestly buy both and see what mood you're in that's what I think
1: and my top tip as I learned from experience is there's an on switch on the solar pack yeah
4: this is it (laughs) if you
1: don't switch that on you'll think it's not working properly but actually it powers up in a few moments okay Um, so Oh, lanterns now also very popular.
4: Beautiful. Can we keep them discreet or yes. should we go all out? You can keep them discreet. There's a lovely outdoor lantern range at the moment on uh, in Marks and Spencer's. They range in prices from about, I mean they can start anywhere from 18 euro up to 36 euro. You can get them in seagrass lanterns. There's wood and glass options as well. As well as what I love would be a gold metal pillar candle lantern where lovely. you can put real candles on them. Again that's really going for a vintage theme if you wanted, Again I always find bring them out if you're having a party and then put them away because it adds something special. If you leave them out in your garden the same if you leave the Donegal tweed out everything gets destroyed. <laughs> so really do think about them as something that you have for this. I have a drawer in my house which is is full of runners and is full of candlestick holders and it's always a treat to go and rummage around when I want to bring out different aesthetics. Mm. So you're actually investing in something that as soon as the sun comes out, even if it's between rain showers, you can bring them out. So I love a lantern as well, but I do, I think the solar bulbs are fantastic. Mm. And again, it is dependent on, on how much sun we get, but you can get up to eight hours of light out of them as well. So really it good can. lighting and,
1: and also, even just to put candles yeah. dotted in, in between your foliage or around the garden and little groups of candles as as you remember to blow them out and take them in afterwards right absolutely. okay now uh, so let's get that's all beautiful and it sounds absolutely gorgeous uh, let's get a tiny bit practical for a minute uh, on the basis that we don't have the stunning sunshine that we are both predicting uh, a couple of, of uh, ideas
4: you have mm. to still be able to do
1: this and enjoy the outdoors
4: this is it now these are a couple of my hero products to keep us out in the garden and this is with the proviso that it is not the sideways rain which we do enjoy in Ireland the odd times so if the rain is coming down from the sky like it should be, go onto Amazon and get yourself a sun sail. So these are really practical. Uh, they come in lots of different colours. I found a really nice dark green one on the UK Amazon site. But they also come in beige. They come in black. Three metres by four metres. And they're rectangular, waterproof, which is essential. Garden sun sail, which is UV protected as well. 41.65. And basically you put it up. I mean, like most people in Ireland would have the fences that kind of go around their garden and they have concrete pillars you can attach them from the back of your house out to those concrete pillars and you basically have a shaded area that you can have your garden party in and not worry about the rain which Fantastic. you know like an instant gazebo an instant okay. gazebo exactly but you can also get party tent packs on Wayfair. Oh. at the moment <laughs> if you want to go all out <laughs> and be co- and, and you know the sideways rain if you want to get that out at all 81.99 you can get yourself a full party tent what's from that what's Wayfair. that now? how does that work well it's a full gazebo so it's essentially oh, a tent in your back garden, so it's got a four, the four sides. That's very reasonable. And you build it up, yeah. There's also ones if you want to spend a bit more, up to about €150 Euro as well. And that's if you have, you know, a garden party that absolutely cannot be, um, you know, ruined by the rain. Just get yourself a tent. <laughs> so you're basically camping outside, which is great Totally, fun well.
1: totally covered.
4: And you always have us covered, Neve. It's um, oh, <laughs> <you. laughs> fantastic. People can find out more about you where on Instagram? Absolutely. Neve underscore moire on Instagram. And recently, actually, speaking of gardens, I painted my fence black. It took me three days I have a little bit of trauma from it but if you want to elevate your garden space as well paint your fence black love it Oh, fantastic. What That's all idea. on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. Bad well, back you can and definitely
1: take a look at that because you don't have enough to do now with a new baby in the house. <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> <It's>
4: <laughs> the busy
1: time is over. She and helped. here you are. <laughs> she helped. Right. Very good. All right. And uh, thanks again, Neve. And that is all we have time for uh, on this week's episode of the Home Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope we get some nice weather to enjoy all the things we spoke about today. Uh, if you'd like to suggest a topic for the show or something you'd like us to have covered, or a guest you'd like us to have on well then please get in touch with us. We are here all week long. the home show at newstalk.com or you'll find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. Uh, I'd like to thank Eva Breen producing uh, and Steve who who is on sound and we will do it all again next uh, week for the next episode.
0: The home show
1: with Sinead Ryan with color trend paint on News Talk.